What is up, Rooted Family? My name is Jasmine Croma, and you are listening to the Let's Brunch podcast, Becoming Rooted and United in Christ, the show where we take part in candid conversations about growing in our faith in the everydayness of our lives. From college students and recent grads to creatives and community leaders, we will learn what it looks like to become rooted and united in Christ. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Let's Brunch podcast. My name is Jasmine, and I'm so excited to have you here for brunch. If you're wondering what brunch is, that just stands for Becoming Rooted and United in Christ. If you can figure out that acronym, give yourself a pat on the back. (laughs) That was just my poor attempt in making an acronym for brunch when I first started um, thinking about how I wanted to share the good news with other people in our generation, specifically women. Um, And so I'm just glad to have you here for brunch. Um, A few things before we dive into today's episode. just want to remind you guys that you can leave a review. Um, If you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, there is an option to leave either a star review or you can leave a written review. And that's just super helpful for me to look back on to see what you guys like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of, what you want to see less of. Um, And that just means that it will be catered to this audience, what you guys want to hear. And so if you haven't already, please do that. Please leave a comment or review. That would be super helpful. You can also follow the Let's Brunch Pod page on Instagram. That's at Let's Brunch Pod on Instagram. We also have a new feature on that page um, where we feature the monthly newsletter. So this is just another way that you guys can get content about um, how to read your Bible, how to develop um, kind of a routine for what your alone time with God might look like, just some suggestions, um, and then how to share the gospel with other people. Um, and so those are just a few of the topics that we've already covered. We have the September newsletter and the October newsletter. And this isn't an email subscription or anything. You don't have to give any information to get this. I know those can be super annoying. So what I've done is created this mobile first newsletter. And what that looks like is you simply just click the link in our bio and you'll see September newsletter and October newsletter. You can click that link and it'll take you directly to a mobile first website. So it just pops up on your phone and you can just scroll through the content that we have. That way it doesn't doesn't, um, take up any space. Um, You don't have to download anything. It's just like another web page. So if you're interested in that, you can go ahead and click the link in our bio on the Instagram page, and that will take you to last month's and this month's. Um, it is released the first of every month, so the next month will be November. Um, I think that's all of the details that we have before we dive into today's episode. Um, and yes, today's episode is going up late, guys. I just started, I don't know if I informed you all, but I started a part-time job about three weeks ago, and the hours are kind of funky, and I'm just getting used to it, um, and last night, I literally forgot I was going to record yesterday, um, and then I went to church, went out to lunch, and 
had to change into my work clothes at work and I worked from 3.30 to 3.30 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. yesterday <laughs> and then I had an interview this morning so I'm literally honestly I should be resting and I could have put this off to tomorrow but I'm super excited about this episode I want to get it out to you guys and I think it will be super beneficial for anyone to listen to it whether you are Christian whether you're not Christian um, I'm really excited to record today's episode um, so yeah let's just dive into it <laughs> um, so last week I released the first episode that talks all about my testimony. I told you guys about how lust was a struggle of mine, where that stemmed from. Um, And I know that my personal story might look different from a lot of you guys who are listening. And one of the things that I kind of was um, just trying to be um, cautious of um, was that, you know, my story is that I was a virgin like I did not I have not um had premarital sex that isn't something that I you know experienced but I know for a lot of people um that might not be the case maybe you're wondering like does God still love me even though you know I'm I do have a sexual past and I do have sexual history or I'm even currently still um still having intercourse outside of the covenant of marriage so like what does that say about me? And is there hope for me? And I want to just remind you guys that, yes, there is hope. And today I want to tell you guys about um, the God of redemption. God is a God of redemption. That is who he is. He redeems um, what is old and makes it new. He He cleanses us. Um, he gives us new life. And there is a specific story in the Bible that talks about that. And so I'm so glad you all enjoyed last week's episode. Um, Honestly, it feels good to have it out. (laughs) Not because it's about me, but because, you know, well, yeah, not because it's about me, because it's not. Um, But the Bible says, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Um, So if I had tried to write my life story on my own, it would be a hot mess, y'all. But God, he's a good author and he always gives good endings and some chapters might be harder than others to get through, but he is known for always redeeming the narrative. Um, And so the hard truth is that none of us actually deserve redemption. Uh, Romans 3.23 says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but there is good news. In the next verse, it says in Romans 3.24, And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. He redeems our past and continues to redeem our present, y'all. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Redemption and God's restoration power. Um, Actually, that's kind of like what the whole Bible is about. It is a huge redemption story that points us to Jesus. So today I'm going to be telling you guys a story from the Old Testament. Um, Well, I guess it kind of ends in the New Testament. But this is a story from the Old Testament. um, And well, before I dive into that, I'm all over the place. Um, I actually looked up this Greek word for the word redeemed. And it means to buy up or to ransom, um, or to rescue from loss. 
And so the term was actually used specifically in reference to the purchase of a slave's freedom. Um, <clears throat> so the application of this term is to Christ's death on the cross. And if we are redeemed, then our prior condition was once slavery. So um, to break that down a little bit further, um, last week, you know, I talked about my testimony and before really having that relationship with Jesus, I, what my life looked like would have been I was a slave to lust, to my own desires, to the validation of others, um, and probably a whole bunch of things. Um, but after giving my life to Christ, after accepting that invitation, um, I'm now free. I'm free of those things. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't struggle with those things, but that means that I get to live a life not in the chains of living for the opinions of other people or in the chains of my own desires that, you know, cause me to make unwise decisions that aren't honoring God, all of those things. Um, so that's what it means when it says, um, if we are redeemed, then our prior condition was once slavery. So I'm so excited for this episode specifically because I know there are women out there that have a past different from mine, like I was saying. And I want you to know that just because it may be different from mine doesn't mean that God won't welcome it. God still welcomes any and every story. There's nothing too dirty, nothing too nothing too crazy for God not to welcome it. Um, in fact, there are many women in the Bible whose stories have been redeemed stories that have been rewritten and made brand new, and yours can be one of them. Um, maybe you're a single mom that is scared to enter the church again because of things that were said to you and about you, and maybe even your child. Um, I've had friends that have been denied ministry jobs because they had a child out of wedlock and were seen as a hindrance. Um, I've heard of stories of women being, you know, judged for trying to start their dating lives over after a big breakup because of mistakes that they that they made or mistakes that happened in their past. I've heard women share their stories of being raped or only for their experience to be downplayed because of their sexual history. And there are so many more unique stories um, that are, are filled with shame. So I just want to personally say I'm so sorry that that was your introduction to who the church is and who Jesus is because that is not who Jesus is at all and that is not how the church is called to respond um, to those specific cases and to those specific stories um, and to you as a person. Um, scripture gives us so much insight into the character of who Jesus is and he constantly broke cultural norms he stayed at the homes of women some of his best friends were women and he was constantly affirming their faith calling them up um, affirming their calling sitting and dining with them sitting and dining amongst sinners and granting women leadership within his own ministry um, and so today I want to tell you a, a story of a woman with a sexual past a story of redemption, a full circle picture of how Jesus can salvage any and every story and gift a sweeter ending. So the woman that we're going to talk to talk about today, her name is Rahab. 
Um, and we first were introduced to Rahab in the book of Joshua. So I don't know if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bible app, or if you just want to listen, that's cool too. Um, I always encourage you guys to um, go dive into the word for yourselves. Don't just take the word or whatever I say on this podcast as the truth. <laughs> I do my best to point you guys to the truth, but I'm human. I mess up. And also, um, it's important that you get to know God for yourself, not just through, you know, this podcast. This could be something that supplements or encourages you, but make sure you don't replace this with actually reading your Bible. Um, <laughs> and I just say that because I was that I did that before. Um, but anyway, we're introduced to Rahab in the book of Joshua, which is found in the Old Testament. And here she is described as a prostitute living in the land of Jericho. Um, so if we stop and pause here, this is our first introduction to who this woman is. Working in a profession that is probably looked down upon. Uh, I'm sure she felt shame being associated with that line of work. Um, and it's probably the most unlikely character to be written into this redemption story that is the Bible. But that's the point. <laughs> and I promise you, just wait, the story gets better. Um, but I just wanted to mention that because even in the Bible, it says in Joshua 2 verse 1, it actually says this, it says, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Um, and I want to point out that this um, title attached to her name, this prostitute title that is attached to her name, it's, I know you're probably like, why do they have to mention that she's a prostitute? Why couldn't they just mention that she was a woman? Um, and I think it's very, um, you know, there are no mistakes <laughs> in this word, but I think it's very intentional as to why they put... Um, prostitute by her name because you'll see as her story is transformed as her life is transformed by God um I think what the author and truly what God wants us to see is that there is no past that is unable to be redeemed um with him as the author there is no such thing as something that it, no line of work that is too messy or too dirty um there is no such past that is irredeemable um when we give that to God and so I think this author is, is really being intentional like this is who she was but just wait it gets better this is who she becomes because she meets God um and we'll get to that <laughs> but um so to give a little more insight into where we are in God's story oh I do have to pause guys um somebody asked me like how do I know you know the context and all this stuff I, I don't. I research it. <laughs> I research it before I re record. So these are this is not things that I've memorized. And, and I just want to say that because, I don't know, I feel like we just have these, I always say we have these like weird, like benchmark things that we feel like we have to know everything under the sun in order to share. And it's like, we can research and ask people for help and um, use resources. You know, we post a lot of resources on the page to um to go further in the word and I use all of those so I just wanted to mention that but anyway um so 
insight into where we are in God's story. The city of Jericho is known as a Canaanite pagan city. And so the people that lived there, they worshiped a lot of gods. They didn't really believe in the one true God. Um, Some fun facts, they were also known as the city of palm trees. And it was located west of the Jordan River. The city was fortified. It's very strong. Um, And so that is the city of Jericho. This is where this woman is, where Rahab is. This is also where Joshua sends these two spies um, to Jericho. So that's kind of the setting of where we are. Um, In chapter one, Joshua is appointed to be the leader of the Israelite people. And he is called to fill the large shoes of Moses and lead the Israelite people into the promised land after 40 years in the wilderness. In chapter 2, which is where we've started, which is where we are introduced to Rahab, um, Joshua sends these two spies to the city of Jericho to look over the land. So he's like, guys, go check out this land. This is the land God promised to us. Go check it out. See what you can find um, and report back to me. So they, these two spies, they go and they visit the house of Rahab. Now, at this point in the story, I'm like, if you're wondering why did they just randomly go to this woman's house, like the verse literally says, go look over the land, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab. And I was like, so they just entered their house, entered her house, like without her permission, they just rolled up on her. Like, I was like, okay, let me look this up. (laughs) I was curious. Um, And so it says, basically what I found is that the house of a prostitute was probably not going to be looked into. Um, It'd be a good place to avoid detection. Travelers entering such a house wouldn't arouse much suspicion. Also, Rahab's house was situated on the city wall. So in Joshua 2.15, it later says, that um she lets them mm, I don't want to spoil the story but yeah she's her house is on the city wall closer to the gates so if they needed to escape they would have an escape route um I think also this is just another detail that speaks to God's sovereignty and the way that he is able to write stories that we would never even just imagine um God places people in the right place at the right time and oftentimes it's the most unlikely of people and places and as it turned out the spy's choice of hiding hiding in you know Rahab's house has to be God ordained we wouldn't have made that up (laughs) um and so for them to find her house um I think it's just another sign of who God is how powerful he is and how every detail is worked out. Um, he knew that those spies would be sent to Jericho. Um, he also knew that this leader of Jericho would be looking for these spies. And so he knew that he had to provide safety to these spies who were being obedient and going to look over the land that he had promised the Israelite people. Um, so these spies end up at the house of Rahab the prostitute and this moment unbeknownst to them is ordained by God in verse 3 the king of Jericho is somehow informed that Rahab has spies in her house and in verses 4 4 through 6 the Bible says that Rahab hid the two men 
and when asked about their whereabouts, she covered for them, um, saying she saw them earlier but didn't know where they were. Um, and I'll read you guys those few verses. Um, we'll start at verse 4. It says, But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. So Rahab covers for these two strangers that just end up at her house. I think that's another detail that speaks to who God is, how powerful he is, that, you know, she might not even know have known why they were there, um, but she was obedient to taking care of them and to hiding them. She may not even know for why, for what, but she did. Um, and I love how we get a glimpse into Rahab's character. I wanted to point that out because a lot of the times I think what terms, turns people off from Christianity is that Christians t seem to be the most judgmental people. Like, we, and it's sad, it's sad that we have that reputation, but in some ways that is true. Some of the most judgmental people that I've met um, have been Christian or people that, um, you know, say that they believe in God. And... I think what we'll find is that when we actually get to know people and get to know their character, we learn new things about them. We learn about their passions and who they are as a person, despite what they do for their line of work, um, what they give off on the exterior. Like It's important to have those meaningful relationships and not judge someone based off of who we think they might be or a decision that they made. Um, but get to know people's character. And so I love that we get a glimpse of who of who Rahab is as a person. And as I read further on about her, I learned that, you know, she's trustworthy, obviously. She's hospitable. Like, she just accepted these strangers into her house. And she put her life on the line for two strangers. Um, and I just didn't want to overlook that because I think in a way it humbles me as I read... Um, like, if I, you know, if this was happening real time, like, would I have been so kind as to welcome strangers into my home? Or would I have been so kind to have seen her true character um, because I couldn't look past the fact that she is a prostitute? Like, we have to be able to humanize people. Um, and so I just love that. <laughs> just getting a glimpse into who she is and I'm sure so many people assumed she was nothing more than a prostitute but she was so much more than her profession and I think God knew that about her and God was trying to pull that out of her um and she has no idea but by her just simply um being responsive to the situation is God moving on on her behalf and God saw something in her that she may not have seen in herself. It wasn't luck or chance that the spies ended up at her house. God intentionally led them there. And she intentionally um, covered for them. 
And so in the following verses, as Rahab goes up to the roof to chat with the spies after um, the men in pursuit of the spies have left and the gates closed, she goes up to the roof, the Bible says, and um, she shares her knowledge of God. And I'm going to read you guys these following verses. It says um, in verse 8, before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what did and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. Um, and so I wanted to pause there because Rahab is is not dumb. Like this girl has knowledge of who God is. She is listing off all the things that she has heard. Um, and so this woman who is a prostitute, who has a family, um, she has knowledge of God. She knows who he is. And I think that's another thing that when we as Christians are approaching different people, hearing different stories, like it is not a lot of the times it's not the fact that people don't know who God is. Um, it might it might be that they don't know that they are still loved, that they are still valuable in the eyes of God. It might be, and it might be that way because they've had a certain experience with other Christians who have um, again, just judge them by what they do, how they look, the decisions they've made, their past, their current situations. Um, and so it's just important. It's important that we, that we come to re- come into relationships with other people that might not know who God is or, well, might not know who God is first with love and with gentleness and kindness, but also like, don't, assume that they know nothing or have never heard of God and maybe that's the case but sometimes it isn't Um, and so Rahab shares that she has knowledge of what God has done in the lives of the Israelites like she's seen she's heard that they that God has performed miracles for them that he saved them time and time again and she's like I've heard of this God um of this God who sent you here to look over this land um I think it also points to who God is, right? Like God, um, God is so, the things that God does, his promises and who he, who he is, um, just as the God that he is, um, is, is well known amongst people that are, have yet to follow him. So his power and his authority, um, speaks for itself. Like other people that don't follow him and don't even believe in him, um, know of who he is and so that just speaks to God's authority and his sovereignty and who he is as a person um, or as a being um, and so she says I've heard the things he's done the many things he's done for you and she's she's also aware at the same time that these spies are going to are not just here just to like be friends with her, right? Like essentially their mission was to come and and look over the land and eventually take that land. Um, and, and she's living in this land with her family. Um, 
so she's let someone in that is going to eventually take the land that she lives on, take everything that she knows. Um, but in verse 11, she says this, she says, um, when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God is God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. So she makes a declaration of faith. She says this, she says, for the Lord, your God is the God in heaven above and on the earth below. So after she's kind of walking through like, hey, like, you know, he saved you there and he he dried up the Red Sea for you um, and he pushed out your enemies like that can only be the God of the heavens and of the earth. So I think in this moment, I think this is her encounter with God where she's realizing like, you know what, your God is the God. Um, if you remember in the beginning, I shared with you like, the city of Jericho did not believe in the one true God. Um, and so for her to kind of have this moment where she's like, wow, you know what? I've seen what he's done for you. And it can only be the fact that he is the one true God. And he is the God of the heavens and the earth. So she declares that faith. She, make, she makes it known that she now knows who God is. She understands God's character. Um, and she may not know everything. She may not have all the pieces together. But just that one revelation, I just love that she has that encounter while two strangers are just hiding out in her spot. She is a prostitute, just the unlikeliest of characters, um, probably just battling so much shame. And to have that moment where she realizes, wow, the God that saved you all is the God of the heavens and the earth. And I believe it. Um, and I'll read to you guys verse 12. It says, well, we'll read on. It says, now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. So she's talking to the spies. She's like, listen, I was kind enough to let you into my home. I believe in your God now. Um, and because I've shown you kindness, will you show me kindness and save my family? Um, and this goes on. I won't read all the verses, but verse 12 through 21 talks about how um, she kind of makes this oath to with the spies and the spies say, OK, we can we can honor this oath if you put this red scarf um, on the outside of your window. And that way we will know to save this house. And so keep your family members in this house and we will honor this oath once we take the land. Um so that is their promise to her. Like they, they're they still going to take the land, but they're going to save this Canaanite woman, um, someone who is not an Israelite, who is not in God's family. They're going to save her. Um, and so, yeah, in verse 21, it says, and she agreed with them. She says, agreed, she replied, let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Um, when they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. So, but that's not the end, guys. So, um, not only is her family saved, um, but we actually see that in uh, Joshua 6. Well, yes, in Joshua 6, this is when she is saved. Her family is saved. Um, it says in verse 17... 
nope, 16, she says, the seventh time around when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout for the Lord has given you the city, the city and all that is in it are, are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, will, only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies sent. Again, it says in, um, in verse 22, it says, Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with the oath, with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and her sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Um, again, in verse 25, it says, um, But Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. So they, I love that they just followed her story all the way through. Um, and the writer, the author of this book is saying like, and she still lives with the Israelites. She still lives with God's chosen people. She is now, um, she once was a slave to this line of work. Um, she once was a slave to, I don't know, maybe she had a sexual past, a sexual history that she was ashamed of. Um, and that was her life. Um, but because she was obedient, because she accepted that call, um, she accepted that invitation to, um, and stepped out on faith to save those two men, um, she was in turn saved and her life was changed forever. And now she is a member of God's family. She is no longer a Canaanite. She has declared her faith in who God is and what he has done and is now a part of God's family. And y'all, that's still not the end. We actually find out that Rahab is mentioned in the Hall of Faith. So I don't know if you guys have heard of the Hall of Faith, but in Hebrews 11, it talks about all of these instances and people that stepped out on faith, that expressed their faith. Um, and so I want to read you in Hebrews 11. I gotta turn my page. Um, but yeah, this Hall of Faith is just these incredible people that God used in his story um, that just expressed their faith in countless ways. And we're talking about like her name is with amongst like the big names like Moses and Jacob and Noah and Abraham. And this woman, a prostitute, is mentioned amongst these names. And it says here, um, it says uh, in verse 30 or Hebrews 11 verse 31, it says, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And so this whole chapter, chapter 11, is talking about faith and action. All of these people who showed their faith in who God was. Um, to give examples, it says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is, that is keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. Um, by faith, Moses. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. Um, and so you read on about all these people who in their faith 
were obedient to God and God answered. God um, saved them from incredible situations. And Rahab's name is mentioned. And I think she's actually the only woman mentioned. Um, but yeah, so to have her name be mentioned so many times as just goes to show that she her story was redeemed who she was she no longer lives that old life that she used to live but she's living amongst God's chosen people and so I just wanted to share that story because I feel like a lot of times we discount ourselves um and in turn we limit God I remember moments where I was like, there's no way because I'm struggling with lust, because I'm struggling with this, that God is going to love me. And one, that's simply not true. God actually prefers that I would bring that to him and trust that he will help me through that. Um, but also it it in turn limits God. It's saying, oh, I know God can save and salvage a lot of people, but he can't save me. I've done too much. And that actually denies God's power and authority. Like God can do anything. God can do abundantly more than we could ever even imagine and think of. Um, And so let's not limit him. Like for those women who are struggling to see if God loves you, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. There is nothing, there is nothing that you can do to separate God's love from you. Um, He simply asks that you would just bring that to him. Um, And so, and I know, I know Um, and I won't dive into it, but I know that purity culture has damaged a lot of people. I know that the way in which religion has become legalistic and maybe your whole life you've just been told, don't have sex before you're married. Don't have sex before you're married. That's dirty. That's wrong. Um, maybe you've been called just, just nasty names, um, that I won't even repeat, but that I've heard other women called um, simply because of their past or even because of their current um, situations. And I just want to say that that is not who God is. God does not think of you that way. His thoughts about you are higher than your thoughts about yourself. Um, The way that he sees you is beyond the way that you see yourself on your best day. Like he sees you the way he sees his son, Jesus, and he just wants you to come to him. Um, And so I just want to make that known. I want y'all to know that there is no story that cannot be rewritten for the glory of God. He can do anything. He can do anything and everything. And I just want to know that, want you all to know that just like Rahab was redeemed, there is a chance for you to be mentioned in this hall of faith. I do believe that um, for all of us, both women and men, um, that our obedience to God and um, our accept acceptance of the invitation of faith through Christ Jesus um, is just going to continue that legacy of faith and action. That by faith, like I can, I want you guys to envision your name there. By faith, Ashley. By faith, Marissa. By faith, Ashlyn. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Emily. By faith, Jasmine. By faith anyone like I want you guys to imagine yourself there God can redeem your story and I hope that this gave you hope um as you're listening again I apologize for this being late um I will do better (laughs) but again I love you all um 
and I will see you guys next week for brunch. All right, stay rooted. Thank you.